Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to all of us, all of our listeners. Sorry, alhamdulillah, we're back again with another episode. Um, joined by our normal co-host Malan Abu Khalid and also his son and my cousin, obviously Safwan Khalid, who is a student of knowledge at an Islamic institute, so Darululum, and he's on his holidays um, um, for this couple of weeks. Um, so we're blessed to have him with us today. Um, I hope everyone's last 10 days obviously going well and we are benefiting from the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the, in the last 10 days. Um, and you know, just because the 27th night has ended, um, Ramadan's not ended yet. So you know, you're seeing a lot of people more focused on their Eid shopping and stuff at the moment, but we've still got another, you know, one other possible Laylatul Qadr and also three other days of um, fasting to go. There's also hadith in Bukhari which mentions the Prophet wasallam said that actions are judged by their endings. So in order to make this Ramadan a truly life-changing one, we should also obviously strive to make the most of the time left and we pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he grants us the ability to do so. Um, in relation to these precious final moments, Mama actually came up with the idea to cover the topic of repentance and forgiveness. And I think in the English language a lot of the etymology and the definitions of these words actually overlap, whereas in Arabic there's quite a distinction between Tawbah, um, which is repentance, and Istighfar, which is forgiveness. So from a talk I listened to, this, the distinction made was that istighfar is the act of seeking for forgiveness for sins committed unknowingly and asking for Allah's forgiveness in this world and the next, whereas tawbah is asking for forgiveness for a specific sin or something you've done and returning back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a pledge to never commit that sin again. So we all sin, you know, everyone listen to this, we're humans and we do sin, um, that's just what happens, it's mentioned in the Quran that we, you know, we're forgetful beings, the nature of us is to do so. Um, and the idea of Tawbah is to return its soul to its, to its initial spirituality after the effects of sin has covered it by darkness of the sins and the disobedience. You know, the human soul in its initial state has neither any spiritual merits nor any flaws. It's sinless and it's intrinsic purity as well. So we know that our hearts get a black spot on them when we sin. Um, on the con- and obviously we consistently sin, um, and which means our hearts are actually enveloped in darkness. This affects our spirituality, our deeds, and ultimately affects whether we'll be in the pits of Jahannam or the gardens of Jannah. Now, the way to get ourselves out of this state is through t- the repentance, Toba, which is why, you know, Mama's probably suggested it, because it's such an important topic and sometimes quite overlooked. Um, and one of the things that I just I wanted to mention just in, in the introduction is we should ponder on is we know when we hear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is all forgiven, he's merciful, etc., um, and we know he loves to forgive, and that's one of the, you know the du'as I'm sure Mama will come on to uh, later on. You know the du'a that we should be reading in the last ten days. But I think we actually overlook the fact that we don't even ask for forgiveness. It's not about if Allah can forgive or should, you know um, if He's going to forgive us. It's just the fact that we don't even ask sometimes. Sometimes it might be overlooked in the sense that we don't know to ask or we don't know how to ask. Um, but yeah, I think it's just so, it's so important because I know previously for me when I was younger I didn't know. I just thought like, far as you know, you do something wrong, you say stuff like there and then, and that's it. But um, you know, it's, it's it's quite a lot of you know other stuff behind it. And some some people say, and I've heard my friends say this, and other people as well. That you know, I've done so many things. How can I ask for forgiveness? Well, you know, no, the it's like sort of we've got this idea in our head that's that obviously it's a wrong notion that Allah's limited in some way that He can't forgive us. But obviously, Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says in the Quran many times that He's all forgiving. So it's just for us to ask and um, obviously it's important to do that and seek forgiveness not only daily and throughout our lives but especially at the end of Ramadan. So I'm just going to ask Mama to obviously give his thoughts on why we chose this topic and you know the importance of it and then we'll carry on inshallah. Uh, so <clears throat> pressure's on this week. Um, last few weeks we've had quite a few guests so um, I've not really had to do much talking. I've done 
a lot of questioning. <laughs> um, and this week's been a quite busy week. Um, I was actually in two minds about shall we do it this week or not because uh, obviously tomorrow I've got um, a charity appeal that I'm doing and then I'm going to do Nukulet the Kaf inshallah as well. So, um, But then I thought um, one of the reasons why we should carry on is obviously to keep it consistent because yeah. Allah loves <laughs> Adid that is consistent. And and um, the reason, uh, uh, like I was thinking, what do we talk about in the last 10 days? Because I suppose um, the common topic to talk about would have been like Laila Al Qadr. Yeah, yeah. We've kind of come beyond that, and there's only one more night left, the 29th, mm-hmm. which is a chance of being Laila Al Qadr. And then um, when I was thinking about the topic, um, I remember the hadith about um, the, the curse that Prophet Muhammad said, I'm into. So, in one of the hadiths, um, the Prophet, you know, um, he steps up on the member and he says, I mean, and he steps up three times. And the Sahaba, they were, they were, uh, they were asked him, like, why did you do this? We've never seen you do this before. This is yeah. very strange. And he was saying that Jibra'il was present there and he was, um, Cursing certain people, and the Prophet ﷺ was responding in 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 I mean, as in accepting and the, that um, dua. And one of the things that he um, he mentions was that the person that finds Ramadan and ends Ramadan without being forgiven, he will be cursed. And the Prophet mm-hmm. Muhammad ﷺ said, "I mean to that." And you know, to me that was um, really profound because I was thinking, uh, who would in their right mind be in that situation? Mm-hmm. But then, you know, um, when you talk to people in the community, you hear about people that find this blessed month but don't really take advantage of it. You know, yeah. th- there's some people that don't even uh, fast, yeah, yeah. even though like, everybody kind of does it, everybody knows. Even the person that's not really religious throughout the, throughout yeah. the year, you know, <laughs> even, they, even to them, fasting is a really big deal. And so I thought, you know, um, uh, this would be a good way, way to hopefully end our Ramadan reflection se- series this month, uh, this blessed month. And also just to highlight the importance of um, Toba as well. And interestingly, um, I came across a book um, by Moran Abdul Hamidza from um, Azadville. And he talks about um, how when we're doing um, a good deed, that our attitude should be to for- ask forgiveness for at the end of that good deed. So mm-hmm. and he he gives example of um, namaz. So obviously everybody knows how important namaz is, how virtuous namaz is, and um, obviously it's one of the best um, ibadahs that, uh, that we can do. And he he explains that at the end of our namaz, it's sunnah to read um, the dua. Allahumma inni zalamtu nafsi zulman kasiran wa la yaqfir zunuba illa ant taqfir li maqtirat min inni kawrhamni inni kantar ghafuran, which means. That, ya Allah, verily I have oppressed myself greatly, and it's only you that forgive sins. Therefore, you forgive me totally and shower your mercy upon me, and verily you are the most forgiving, the most merciful. So, in reflection, you know, we are performing this huge, great deed, which is salah, every single day. Mm-hmm. But we know the condition of our salah, you know, how devoted we really are, yeah. how much concentration that we actually do. And you know um, we, we're not we're not performing it in the way it should be performed. Yeah. Therefore, you know, according to the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi at the end of our salah, what we are doing is asking Allah for forgiveness for our shortcomings in that ibadah. So, likewise, one of the other reasons that I thought about ending um, 
the, uh, doing this topic in the in the last session in Ramadan was so obviously we coming to the end of Ramadan mm-hmm. therefore you know inshallah it should be um, something that should be aware of that to ask forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because um, I'm not know about you guys but you know um, I haven't done a lot of things that I would uh, that I initially planned to do mm-hmm. so therefore I don't feel like I've made the most of my Ramadan yeah of course yeah um, but out of interest that is something that I was going to put that spot on put the spot on you so you know going into my question modes um how do you guys think how has your ramadan been so you know obviously before ramadan we talked we talked about uh, in one of our episodes preparing for ramadan mm-hmm. and one of the things that we talked about was you know making a schedule sticking to that schedule and then obviously making the most of it the, most of our time so let me uh, put the question back on you how do you think you've done jihan um so for me i think it's that phrase in it that you planned but then allah plans <laughs> for you as well so like i think Obviously, everyone sets out, you know, I've got these, like, little cue cards and stuff, like, of oh, this namaz at this time, and, you know, what do I have to read at um, a specific time, etc. But, to be honest, um, well, it's not, it is an excuse, I'm going to use it as well. So, like, with, when I had COVID, obviously, that just put me off completely. So, the first week, I was probably on it quite a lot, and then, I think, like, most people as well, even if it wasn't for COVID, I can't blame it fully, like, all the other Ramadans previous as well, we do start to, like, tailor off, don't we? We start to think, like, oh... You know, Tarawah at the beginning is so beautiful, you're loving the recitation and stuff, and then, you know, after the 10th day, you're like, oh, God, like, oh, you know, it's a, it's a bit more of a struggle and a bit more of a thingy, but in terms of um, forgiveness and stuff, I think something that, um, I, I knew this question was going to come up, so I asked Maj, I was like, oh, yeah, what do you think I've actually given up this this, this time? So, and then she just, her, you don't want to hear a response, but um, I think one of the things... I definitely focus on it. it was from our first episode was our company and um, I used to follow like you'll, you'll probably know mom I used to follow like loads of people that weren't Muslims on social media it's in, in terms of like celebrities if you like like you know yeah. musicians whatever etc and uh, I unfollowed them probably like a week before Ramadan or something and um, based on the, the stuff that you were saying on that episode and to be honest I've actually felt the difference like everything now I see has something to do with Allah and like it's that whole phrase that you mentioned about friends like if they're reminding you about Allah then you know sometimes I'll be scrolling through Instagram for example and you wouldn't have thought oh I need to go do it's namaz time I need to go do namaz but now you'll see your Instagram and you'll see a quote come up about namaz and you're like oh my days like, I need to quickly go and read or I need to go to the masjid or whatever you'll hit you you'll see something or hear something so that's something that I've tried to repent is towards like putting put other people on pedestals um, rather than obviously following the sunnah and, and that's it on the sahaba but I'll let uh, Safwan answer his part as well if he wants to <laughs> give Safan, it a well, yeah. so, so obviously Safwan um, you were quite fortunate because you spent 20 days in Darul so you were in a very good environment so how do you think your Ramadan has been? Um, like what you said before uh, I think that I could have done a lot of things that I, could, um, I haven't done a lot of things that I could have done um, but on the positive side, um, I'm really glad because um, my taqwa has increased a lot, I could tell. Mashallah. Because you see food, like, you, I just see food underneath my bed and then <laughs> I'm like, I get so tempted. I'm like, oh, I'm so hungry, I just want to eat it. But then I know that because obviously Allah is watching me, so I can't really do anything. So I always have that mindset in my mind, like, I'm really restricted from these things that I can't really do it because... It's Ramazan and obviously I've been ordered by Allah not to do it. So that's one of the happy things I'm happy about. But um, like again, I've could have done so many other things. Like I've could have done more zikr. I could have went to Fajr namazes and stuff like that. Um, obviously, like everything's been planned out. But I know that 
um, even not only for me but for everyone else I know that there's so much potential you can do and there's so many other things that you can do um, obviously it's Ramazan in it so you got to make the you got to make the most of it so yeah thank you yeah so I think obviously I'll answer my own question um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because somebody else puts me on the spot um, so like um, we discussed in the episode about preparing for Ramadan um, I actually before the episode, I made my plan um, yeah. because it's one of the things that, you know, uh, my sheikhs taught me that if you're going to talk about something, do it yourself before you talk about it to yeah, yeah, make it more effective. Yeah. So I had made my plan before Ramadan and obviously, you know, um, I planned to do this many amount of Nafal namazes, um, this many uh, sort of paras that I'm going to recite, this book that I'm going to look into. Um, one of the challenges that I did actually set, my, set for myself was... Um, the 30 day Surah Mulk challenge. Oh, the one verse a day. Yeah, yeah, one verse a day. So, you know, I wanted to memorize Surah Mulk. And I think I managed to get the first page done. But again, yeah. you know, with like with everybody, and, and uh, like with everybody, you know, your commitments and things happen, and then you just kind of get sidetracked. Um, but I think, because um, from past experience, um, I've, I've set myself too many things to do. So this time yeah, yeah. I've set myself a lot. <laughs> A lot less but even then you know I, I've not managed to do what I really wanted to do but on the plus side um, I think it's always important to also note and think about what you have actually achieved yeah, yeah. That, that you're kind of happy about and I think for me this Ramadan has been about me connecting with the Quran a lot yeah, yeah. you know alhamdulillah I've, you know um, I've took time off work so I've had a lot more time to recite Quran and um, and I've also one of the things I really wanted to do was get back into tafsir so understanding the verses and yeah, yeah. explanations and, and you know um, I haven't done it to the extent that I was intending to but I did it somewhat and I really enjoyed you know connecting with the Quran and understanding um, the verses of the Quran um, you know it's, it's picking up a book or just listen to, to some um, scholars on on, um, on YouTube um, but one of the things that I did find um, I've, I initially uh, that I wanted to let go and I have let go of was screen time you know yeah, yeah. be it on uh, the, on the phones and the gadgets and whatever and you know it's something that we were talking about yesterday on the way back from uh, visiting our sheikh on the car that we even though i let go of the screen time um and i was you know doing my normal day-to-day -day things and i was reciting quran etc um i didn't miss it mm. you know i didn't miss you know the usual thing that i spend my time doing on the screen times yeah that we shouldn't be doing and i think that for me was a very important lesson that you know in the month of ramadan we can't achieve the best of us you know we've got so many things that we really want to do but we might not be able to do it but at the same time there's also the command to stop doing so many sins yeah and we know we can stop those sins because we can do it in the month of Ramadan. You know, I grew up um, remembering, uh, I don't know about you, well, you guys are probably too young, but <laughs> in my young days, uh, um, yeah, I remember we uh, obviously have a TV in the house. Come Ramadan, there used to be like a cloth over the TV, you know, yeah, yeah. shroud the TV, so no TV for the whole month. So it's that kind of attitude, you know, you can survive a whole month without TV. Um, so therefore, you know, Allah is showing us that you can survive the rest of your life in the rest of the year yeah. without, you know, spending hours and uh, days on Netflix and game consoles, etc. And, and the like. So to me, that's been a, a really good um, a lesson. Do you think, um, this is obviously to both Safon and Mama, but like, do you think that repentance has a part to play then? Because, for example, 
he said that um, the sheikh mentioned that you, you're supposed to end every good deed with you know asking for forgiveness in your shortcomings etc so towards the end of Ramadan we're obviously going to ask for forgiveness in our shortcomings in Ramadan we've all mentioned we wanted to do more than we did but um, do you think that repentance has a part to play in our right for example I don't know how to word it but say if um, you didn't repent that to do the um, screen time for example if you didn't repent and you didn't ask for Allah's help and stuff you probably wouldn't have managed it as well um, and in that case is it something that you repent for continuously or is it something that now you've repented for it it's just up to you to use the means that Allah's given you to stop doing that thing does that make sense yeah it does um, and I think we'll talk about it when we talk about how to do repentance and I think for today's topic just to clarify as well so obviously we're talking about um, Toba um, and in my head I was thinking about like um, repentance for oneself mm-hmm. and n- not really going into um, so obviously the other side is forgiving each other yeah, yeah so that, sure. that that in itself is like a completely different topic and obviously I think we should probably need to dedicate a topic on that separately but I'll try and touch on that today inshallah as well but for today's focus I really want to focus on sort of like forgive uh, asking for forgiveness for ourselves so the question that you said about um uh, sort of like it's it's about basically moving on, isn't it? Yeah, and how yeah. you use Toba to your advantage. To, yeah, to so you. how do you use Toba to your advantage? And I think it's something that um, uh, my Sheikh Malassar he mentioned that as humans um, we are prone to weakness mm-hmm. and we are going to commit sins. Yeah, and it's you know it's you know every sinner is a uh, sorry every son of Adam is a sinner, but mm-hmm. the best sinner is the one that repents. Yeah. And then obviously it comes down to how sincerely you're repenting. So the example that <clears throat> gives is um, when you have a toddler who's learning to walk, how many times does that toddler trip over? Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, they'll fall flat on their face. Sometimes they fall on their knees and sometimes they fall backwards. Yeah. But it's a constant struggle until one day you see them, you're running, running around and you're like, wow, you know, he or she's gone so fast and now look at them they're running around and you know they're just jumping around and bouncing around everywhere so similarly that is our kind of that should be our attitude that as um, humans we are Mm. going to trip and fall over and you know um, like just like that toddler you know sometimes fall flat on her face sometimes fall sideways sometimes fall backwards when we are committing sins but it's that it's having that constant um, resolve that Yes, I have sinned, but mm-hmm. I, need, I know I'm sinning. I need to stop it. I'm going to ask Toba, um, and you know, I'm going to seek help from my sheikh or whatever, you know, from my teachers or from the imam sub to get guidance on how to stop myself from committing this particular sin, and then you know, carry on moving on because we, no one's, um, no one is going to be, a, no one is going to be able to completely stop sinning. Yeah, yeah, course, that yeah. is impossible. You know, we're mm. going to be committing sins till our dying breath. Mm-hmm. And obviously, um, that's why Allah has given us this um, virtue and blessing of Tawbah, of seeking repentance, to use it um, to our advantage in that sense. So, you know, when we are asking for forgiveness, for example, obviously, we mentioned we're going to mention uh, more on the Tawbah side of things. So, when you are asking and you are repenting, um, is it something that you list off? Is it something that you, you just like, oh, I'm sorry for doing this, this and this? Or is it something that you just focus on? I'm just sorry for erring, you know, going on the wrong path, etc. Or is it something you have to mention specifically? You know, when you're asking forgiveness, what should we actually ask forgiveness for in, in that sense? Well, I suppose if you, if you've committed a crime, 
then sorry, not Kranu, uh, Guna. <laughs> yeah. Then you have to ask for that sin specifically. Um, mm. But um, yeah, I suppose you have to ask for for because sometimes we commit sins knowingly. Sometimes mm. we commit sins unknowingly. You know, um, these days it's so common to commit major sins and yes. you know minor sins are in our eyes just minor sins. Mm-hmm. So when you're asking for forgiveness, you know. You ask for forgiveness for everything and anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if that if that makes if makes sense. Um, did you want to say something? Oh. It's okay. So you know, um, obviously you mentioned that um, we are going to fall and we are going to trip, but something that c- comes up um, a lot when I'm talking to my friends and stuff is if we keep committing the same sin and keep asking for forgiveness but doing it. Um, you know, some people say, obviously, is there any point of me just continuing doing toban? I think something that you mentioned to me actually, Mama, is it might be new. I don't know who it was actually now. But um, when you're doing toba, like it, even if you've not left that sin yet, it starts to put the dislike in that uh, of that sin in your heart. Is that right, or is that so? Do you know, if someone's keep doing the same thing, but they do keep doing toba and they're not seeing the difference. Is that you know how do they you know is they keep saying is there any point of me doing toba? So how 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 would you respond to that? I think it comes um, it depends on how sincere you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because. Um, if you are sincerely sort of um, doing toba, then one of the conditions is to have remorse of that sin and mm-hmm. have um, hatred for that sin. Um, and in that way, Allah, you know, inshallah, uh, will help you find a way out of that sin. But I think one of the things that a lot of people do is think, oh, you know what, I'm going to do this sin. And then after I do, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. Mm. But that doesn't work because you're trying to, you know, manawzi with a trick Allah. Yeah, you can't do that. But yeah. the thing is, one of the, um, I, th- I remember our Sheikh explained that um, that if a person has that kind of attitude, then, you know, there's no guarantee that um, on the on your dying breath, you're going to have the uh, ability to ask for forgiveness. Yeah. 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 Um, because, you know, you're... Mocking um, Deen, um, so Allah could uh, stop the ability of of of, uh, of you asking for forgiveness. Yeah, so um, obviously, like um, we hear, obviously we need we know now we sort of get the importance of asking for forgiveness. But how do we now go about it? If you could, yeah, touch on that if you if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, so um, I, I what I did was I looked into um, I actually found a book. That's been published by Ummah Welfare uh, on their website is lifewithallah.com and um, there's a book they've got there called Daily Athkar mm. um, and in there they have quite a few uh, good points that um, I'd go through which I found quite beneficial. Mm-hmm. Um, so they start off by saying um, a Quran verse which says, Say my slaves, those who have transgressed against yourself, do not despair of the mercy of Allah, truly Allah forgives all sins. He is truly he is truly the most forgiving, the most merciful. And in another hadith he says, Allah exalted is he said, Son of Adam, as long as you call upon me and hope in me, I will forgive you despite what you do, and I do not care. Son of Adam, even if if your sins were to reach the clouds of the sky, then you seek seek forgiveness from me, I will forgive you. Son of Adam, even if you were to come to me with nearly an earth full of sins, and then you meet me, not having associated anything with me, then I will surely bring you as much as the earth in forgiveness. So Ibn Rajab he outlines three essential meanings of attaining forgiveness from this hadith. And he says that call Allah with hope, knowing that only he can forgive. And then he says, ask Allah for forgiveness, despite 
how sort of um, enormous your sin is that you've committed. And the third point is as um, Tawheed, that is, that the greatest means of forgiveness, even if a speck of Tawheed was placed on a mountain of sin, it would turn them into good deeds. The Messenger of Allah وسلم, said that a believer will be brought close to his Lord on the day of judgment and he will place within him place him within his veil. Then he will make him confess his sins by saying, Do you recognize this? And the um, servant will say, My Lord, I do. Then Allah will say, Indeed, I have concealed them for you in the world and I am indeed forgiving you for them today. Then the record of his good deeds will be given to him. So how do we um, seek, uh, how do we repent and seek forgiveness? So the first point they mention is to realize the grave consequence of sinning. So realize that the sin that you're committing it's not it's not a trivial matter you know yeah, um th there will be consequences of that and in hadith prophet muhammad sallallahu says that when the slave commits a sin a black dot appears on his heart and when he desists seeks forgiveness and repents his heart is polished clean but if he sins again it increases until it covers his heart and that is the rust which allah mentioned no indeed rather what they have been doing has rusted the hearts in the quran the second point they mention is don't belittle a sin. So don't ever think that, um, that you know, if, if it's a, something like a minor sin, yeah, don't yeah. think, oh, it's just a small sin, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not a big deal. Um, and something I was telling Safwan earlier as well, that <clears throat> we should never ever undermine any good deal, however small it is, or any uh, sin, however small we think it is. Mm. Because a sunnah is powerful enough to get us into Jannah, and a sin is powerful enough to get us into Jahannam. So the Prophet of Allah says that beware of sins which are deemed as insignificant because indeed they gather on a person until they destroy him. Abdullah ibn Masood said that the believer regards his sin equivalent to a mountain beneath which he is seated, seated and fears that it will collapse on him while the sinner regards his sin to be equivalent to a fly which lands on his, sins, uh, lands on his nose and he sorts it away. The other point they mention is stop sinning and resolve to never return to the sin. So again, part of our toba should be to actually stop what it is that we are sinning and have the intention to not never come back to that sin. Um, and that the other point is to regret over your sins and cry over them. Allah, as the Prophet Muhammad said that regret, regret is repentance as well. So we should have that, you know, what... That, fear in our heart that what I'm doing is wrong, mm. that, you know, Allah, please save me and help me, and, you know, have that remorse as well. Um, Ibn Qayyim, rahmatullah, he mentions that when a person is sinning, the pleasure that we feel is more harmful than the sin itself. Okay, yeah. So, say, for example, I don't know, if you're listening to music and you're really enjoying it and, you know, really getting into it. So, listening to music is a sin itself, but... Having that pleasure as well, that is mm -hmm. also um, like a, a really bad, a really um, immense sin. Um, so the thing is, as a believer, we shouldn't really enjoy the sin. We should, you know, if even if we are in a moment of, you know, um, heedlessness or carelessness, mm -hmm. committing a sin, we should have that consciousness that, yeah, Allah, what am I, what I am doing is wrong. You know, I can't help myself, and I really need to um, stop this. But you know, so, so having that consciousness, so. Um, and that's why it's so important to have that regret element as well. And Ibn Qayyim, he says that in order to build that in itself, there's three points that he says that we should do. That fear dying in a state before the chance to repent. 
Mm-hmm. So when you're sinning, think to yourself, Ya Allah, what if I die when I'm doing this sin? Inshallah, that will help you to to, to um, stop it. The second point you mentioned is regret about regret over what you have missed or missed out on by disobeying Allah. Mm-hmm. So when we are um, committing a sin, think about you know um, what you could have done with that time instead of doing sin. And so having that kind of regret. So, and then number three is work very hard to atone for the sin to, and to avoid it in the future. Um, so those are just some points, and then obviously you know the, the, we've been taught in the Sunnah that um, the Salatul Istighfar as well. So you know you perform wudu and you pay two rakats. Um, so the Professor Professor said that when a person commits a sin and he performs wudu well and then stands and prays two, two rakats and asks for forgiveness of Allah, Allah Taala will forgive him as well. So that's not um, you don't have to read anything extra in that namaz do you? It's just the intention of. Um, that's right yeah yeah so um talking about namaz actually um obviously you mentioned that from the points from from the umma welfare document like you're supposed to atone for your sins um which is for example if it's something like okay you've got this sin for example listen to music and you vow to stop listening to music and then that's it you know you you try your best to do that but for example one of the things that you ask forgiveness for for uh, a lot of people is for missing your namaz so in terms of atoning that um is repentance something when you ask for Allah, oh, I've missed the uh, namazes in my life, etc. Um, how do you atone for that? Do you have to catch them up? Because some people say you don't, or some people say from that point onwards, just keep doing your namaz and that's it. Or um, in that document, you obviously mentioned atoning for your sins. So do you think, um, you know, what, what's the opinion on that? Sorry? So my per- my personal opinion on that is, um, which um, uh, I think will lead on to, um, our other point about asking for forgiveness from each other is that in terms of um, the sins this, uh, that, that we commit there are sins that we would commit against Allah so mm-hmm. when we are not upholding what Allah has told us to do and then the second type is sins against um, each other against yeah. another human so on that note the sins against Allah especially when it comes to things like Salah then you know the um the guidance is that we have to ask for forgiveness, but also fulfill those missed salah. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know, that th- that is the um, the teaching that we've been given. Um, and obviously, in terms of um, sins against each other, when we cause each other harms or problems, whatever, then it is the right of uh, of the other person to ask for forgiveness from them as well. Yeah. yeah so uh, I think yeah, yeah, that was one of the things uh, that came up. Sorry, but. Um... Do you know when we're talking about? Um, obviously, you mentioned that uh, you know you don't, you can't think that committing a sin and then repenting, and then because sins lead to sins, um, you, you know you think that you're going to repent, but you, you never get that chance. Um, do you think we've got a pure sort of disregard for for doing tawbah? Do you think oh, the sin's done now? That's it. That's in the past. Do you think we just think that oh, it's done because a lot of people, um, myself included, we just you know we I used to think oh, it's, it's done. That's it. I'll just be a good now. I don't have to rep- not. I don't have to repent. But the, our actions show that we don't. We don't need to repent. We're just doing good from now on. But the act of toba is actually the turning point, isn't it? That's when you. Do you think that the doing toba itself helps you to stay away from that sin in in that way, or is it more of a? Even if you do good, it can only atone for it a little bit. You still have to repent for every sin that you've done. Is it more of a daily thing? Do you know what I mean? If that... Um. So, to my for my understanding is, if we have committed a guna. And we've made the intention that we're going to stop that sin. Then, um, once we've asked for forgiveness from that sin, then we don't really sort of think about that sin mm-hmm. unless we fall into that trap again. Um, so obviously, we, we our hope 
is that Allah has forgiven us for that particular sin. But it was the habit of our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu that even though he had no sin, he would, you know, ask for forgiveness. He would do tawbah. Yeah. Was it about 70 times on a daily basis at least? So, you know, that teaches us that Asking for Dhoba is something that we should be doing constantly every single day, mm-hmm. um, regardless of us sinning or not sinning. Yeah, yeah. He, you know, the example of the Prophet, he was a sinless person, but despite that, you know, he would constantly ask for Dhoba. Yeah, and I think one of the things that Mullah Abu Shuraf mentioned was um, the importance of Sahaba uh, in terms of we can learn so much from them. So I think Safran's actually got a story about one of the Sahabas in terms of forgiveness. So I'll uh, let him narrate the story. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I've got a short, simple story um, I want to say. But before I say this, I just wanted to point out that obviously um, forgiveness is should be compulsory because obviously it's not your body or it's not your things that you're abusing or you're going against. It's obviously all Allah's. So we should all ask repentance. And um, because... It's Allah's and obviously we're going against this. It's damaging. Not It's not even damaging. We're not damaging our property. It's everything that, that's on this earth belongs to Allah. So um, we should um, obviously repent. But Allah has made it that when you do repent, you're only, your sin's own, only forgiven. That you get rewards for it, even though it's like something extra. It shouldn't, it shouldn't even be there, but... Obviously, because Allah is merciful, other than forgiving, um, He's also made this. So, I've got a short, simple story to say. And um, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So, the Prophet وسلم, was sitting in the masjid with his sahabas. And um, he's, he says that a man will now enter who is, from the, who is from the people of paradise. So, when he said this, a man entered... So, when he said this, he said that the next person that walks in will be a man, will be a person from paradise. So a man walks in to the masjid, and then there's a sahaba called Abdullah radiallahu anh, and he was confused. He was like, "How is it?" He was curious of how is this man um, a person of Jannah. So after the gathering, he goes up to the man, the person of Jannah, and he goes up to him and he's like, um, "Can I please stay at your house for three days?" So, Abdullah intention was that he wanted to see what was so special about this man and how he was a person of Jannah. So, Abdullah went to his house and he stayed there for three days. And he was, he was like, he was observing him and his actions. And what Abdullah realized was that this man, he never did anything special. He never fasted. He never prayed nafil namazes he didn't he didn't do anything special he just did the further and he just did what everyone else was doing so um so uh abdullah radiallahu after this he goes up to the man and he says what do you do that is so special and then the man replies that every night before i go to sleep he says i forgive everyone and then obviously Abdullah realized that um, this is how he is a person of Jannah and how blessed he was. So, in conclusion of the story, um, he because of this uh, uh, this man of forgiving everyone that he sees, 
he when when Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that whoever walks in next is the person of Jannah, he walked in. So this shows of how special and how and it shows the importance of how forgiving and forgiveness is. So yeah. That was actually um, a very good story, um, which kind of leads on to my um, next point. So, um, well, what I told earlier on, I alluded to um, the forgiveness. So obviously, we ask for forgiveness from Allah for the sins that we've committed against Allah. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the second point that I mentioned was the forgiveness, uh, asking for forgiveness from each other. Um, so, um, again, going back to Mawlana um, Abdul Hamid Sab. The, one of the books that he wrote and, and that I looked into, he mentions a very interesting story, which was about um, Hazrat Washi, radiallahu anhu. So Hazrat Washi, he was actually um, the Sahaba. So before he became a Sahaba, he was the person that had killed our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu dear and beloved uncle, Hamza radiallahu anhu. So, you know, Hamza radiallahu anhu, he was, you know, very beloved to our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu and one of the early Muslims. But the thing is, the shocking thing was um, the way Washi radiallahu anhu killed Hamza radiallahu anhu. Mm-hmm. You know, in the battlefield, he mutilated the body of Hamza um, to the point that, you know, he was acting upon his um, master's instruction, who was a, a, a another, uh, who also became a Sahabi, Sahabia later on called Hinda. And what she done was that she told him to get the heart and the liver of Hamza, remove it and present it to her. And then what she done then was she actually chewed on it. So this is sort of like um, from our Prophet Muhammad some time, the first record of mutilation, uh, mutilation of, of, of a deceased body. Um, so if you can imagine that Hazrat Washi is that person. Yeah, he's killed our Prophet Muhammad uncle. He's not only killed him, he's mutilated him. Um, you know, that was just one example. He did so many other things in the battlefield as well. And then obviously um, uh, uh, he was also acting upon the instructions of his uh, master. So later on, um, Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu he um, invited him to become a Muslim. And this was the mercy of our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu And again, this is something that we also take from his seerah that despite of all the wrongs that the uh, people had committed against him, how merciful our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu was towards those people. Like, can you imagine, you know, may Allah Ta'ala protect our family, our friends and everyone, if anything like that had happened to any one of our, our, our relatives, how, you know, um, sort of raged we would have been. Mm-hmm. But despite that, our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu sends him an invitation to accept Islam. And then, interesting is what he responds by. He's, he responds by saying that there isn't any forgiveness for a person that has associated partners with Allah. So that's something that Hazrat Washi was doing. There is no for, forgiveness for a person that has involved, involved in adultery, has been drinking wine, has robbed people. Because he said, I am that person that's been committing all these sins. Mm-hmm. And I'm also the person that murdered your uncle. So mm-hmm. in his head, he's thinking that I am so unworthy of forgiveness because yeah. of all these sins that I've committed. To the point I even murdered your uncle. You know, why would I accept Islam? And why? how would Allah forgive a person like this? So on this objection, it's amazing because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala actually revealed a Quran verse, which I'll translate. 
and he says Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the punishment is for this punishment is for such all such people except for those who sincerely repent accept iman and perform good deeds for such people Allah will convert their sins into good deeds Allah is the ever most forgiving and most merciful but washi radiyallahu anhu he was a character um that had attitude you know um <clears throat> <laughs> so he had what we called nakhra so he was like a child that would refuse to accept any suggestion and he would always find fault with everything and anything mm-hmm. um you know it'd be like this is not too this, it could be like this is too hot or too cold or there's a problem with this or there's a problem with that so similarly hazrat washi radiyallahu responded to allah's verse saying that Yeah I get Allah's reveal this verse but Allah's attached a condition in the verse in this ayah and the condition is um, in order to be forgiven after iman a person must carry out good deeds and I don't know if I'm going to be able to do any good deeds mm-hmm. subhanallah what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala do he responds back with another verse so again I'll do the translation and Allah says that verily Allah does not forgive that shirk and kufr committed but may forgive all sins besides this for whom he wills Whoever commits shirk has indeed invented a terrible sin. So ulama write that this is one of the verses that gives the greatest amount of hopes to every one of us mm. as believers that Allah is prepared to forgive any sin except for polytheism making partners with Allah. And Allah is that being that tolerates his servants as a mother tolerates his ch- her child. So if we think take the example of a child, you know how many times does a child upset the mother? Mm-hmm. but despite the the heartache and the pain and the anguish the mother never really lets go even mm-hmm. if she says get out of my house you know she'll still be in her heart making dua oh, please come back you yeah, know i've said that in 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 haste and in anger but in reality her heart would be like just throbbing that you know ya allah get my child to come back mm-hmm. so allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the prophet muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam tolerated hazrat washi radiyallahu anhu but again Hazrat Washi radiyallahu anhu being who he is he says that in that verse Allah has attached a condition that Allah will forgive whoever he wishes to forgive and I don't know if Allah is going to forgive me <laughs> so the final verse Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala re- re- reveals in relation to this uh, incident is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that all my bondsmen who have wronged their souls by committing kufr or any other sins never lose hope of Allah's mercy so do not abstain from seeking forgiveness thinking that you will not be forgiven Verily Allah forgives all sins that are free from kufr and shirk. Undoubtedly he is the most forgiving, the most merciful. And when this Quran verse was revealed, Washi radiyallahu anhu was now satisfied and he became a Muslim. So as Aisha radiyallahu anha asks our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam that these promises of forgiveness that Allah has made in these verses are they only for Washi ya Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam? And Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam said that no, this is for my ummah to the end of qiyama. <clears throat> and again this story really for me highlighted the the, the points that we were talking about before if we commit a sin against Allah as long as it's not shirk and you know polytheism we can't ask for forgiveness from Allah by being uh, remorseful by being regretful and by making the promise not to return back to those sins and if we have wronged somebody else then you know we ask their forgiveness and then we ask Allah to forgive us as well and i think it's important to note um that a lot of us people a lot of people think that asking for forgiveness from somebody that has caused you wrong means like 
I don't know, for example, if Jihan punched me, right? I, I hope you don't, but you know, <laughs> just as an example, that I, I say, Jihan, I forgive you, means like you I've moved mean. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, because it's interesting, just as a note on this story about Washir Anhu, what happened was later on, our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu made a request as the Washi saying that Washi, if it is possible, please don't come in front of me. Mm-hmm. Because if you come in front of me, I am reminded of the death of my beloved uncle when I see you. Mm-hmm. So even though our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu had forgiven Washi for the horrendous crime he had committed, but what it really shows is our Prophet was a human. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> even though he had forgiven him, you know, uh, there was still that emotional attachment. Yeah. yeah. And Mufti Takisab, he explains that um, as humans, we are going to have that emotional attachment. So if somebody has wronged you, yes, forgive them. Because we have this mentality that, you know, I'm going to forgive them, but yeah, I'm going yeah. to get you in on the day of judgment. Yeah. <laughs> but that isn't forgiveness. You know, you're putting conditions on yourself. And the truth is that the day of judgment will be such a horrendous day that we want to be among those people that nobody's going to say hello you know i've yeah. come to hold you i guess I, I, i've come to hold you uh, today accountable for what you did wrong to me so therefore we don't want that to happen to us so we should be of the mindset that if i forgive someone i forgive them completely for in this world and the hereafter mm-hmm. but on that note if it is something that they have done against you you know um that they, they have caused you so much pain and you have that emotional sort of um, baggage mm-hmm. then what we learn from the sunnah and our prophet muhammad sallallahu as mufti takisab explains is that it's okay to hold yourself back yeah just forgive them doesn't mean that you know you become like you were prior to that incident mm-hmm. you know wholehearted and you know, going out of your way or whatever, you can still hold your back as long as you fulfill their basic rights as a Muslim, you know, giving salam, looking after them if they need any sort of, uh, any difficulty, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and also forgiving, um, forgiving one another um, doesn't mean like you have to revert back to relationships prior to the, the way. It's okay to hold yourself back, especially if it's something that they've done wrong that you know they could repeat again yeah yeah in those kind of scenarios of course you know hold yourself back you know don't go head uh, head uh head first into um becoming best friends again yeah so um that was just sort of my final story yeah on that note mama sorry you know um what is the i don't know how to word this question but it just came to my mind like What's the alternative? Like, for example, we're saying ask for forgiveness, repent and stuff. But the alternative is you're going to be in hellfire forever. It's like literally for eternity if you don't repent, right? So if we don't repent for our sins, um, the only other thing we we have is, you know, we're going to go to hell for it. So do you think there's something that we could do in the next couple of days, obviously with Ramadan coming to an end, um, and obviously they're blessed days and, and days where du'as are normally accepted, etc. Um, is there any, like, things you tell people to do you know to try and get into a daily habit like one of the things is you know people say go when you just before you go to sleep forgive everyone that's done anything to you is there any other things that you'd say for those who haven't got the most out of ramadan and stuff um in terms of toba like is there anything you'd you'd recommend them to do obviously you mentioned the salat al-istighfar as well um but is there any other things that maybe we can put into our daily adhkar that um, from like the Ummah welfare document etc yeah so for me with it being the last few days last few days you know um I'll, I'll obviously you know I like my gym mm-hmm. so you know when you're on that, on that branch and you're just 
a bit so bench press and you're trying to squeeze up the last one yeah you know you're, you're just you just want to like push yourself yeah so for me it's having that kind of attitude you know yes you started off ramadan with like full um uh, what you call it intentions that i'm gonna do the best and yeah and obviously as the days went by we've kind of sort of slowed down yeah of course, and yeah. Uh, and like you mentioned the final days we tend to get busy preparing for eel mm-hmm. and you know um kind of like tying down and i think um, for me it's about really making the most of these last few moments mm-hmm. you know yes you know you, you we may not have done what we initially started to do but try and fix yourself to the uh, to get yourself um to the basics at least the, the very minimum and um um, you know the, the the four main zikrs that we're supposed to do th- throughout this month is la ilaha illallah, um, astaghfirullah, asking for jannah, and asking um, salvation from jahannam. Again, getting into the habit of asking for those four things and re- reciting those four things in the last few days as well. And in terms of tawbah, yes, it's very important mm-hmm. to ask for tawbah as well, and that should be our daily habit outside of Ramadan and not just in these last few moments. But on your question, there is um, something that uh, I would recommend everybody reading, and it's called Sayyidul Istighfar, the Master of Tawbah. And it's a dua that our Prophet Muhammad وسلم, taught. And the Prophet وسلم, said that the most superior manner of seeking forgiveness is this dua. Whoever says it during the day with firm belief in it and dies on the same day before the evening, mm-hmm. he will be from the people of paradise. And if anyone says it during the night with firm belief in it and dies before the morning, he will be from the people of paradise. So again, these are the words of our Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And um, what I'll do is I'll put the dua on uh, our Deen Talk official Instagram page for those of us who are following. Um, but just, just to give you the translation of that dua, uh, it says that, O oh Allah, you are my Lord. There is no God except you. You have created me and I am your slave. And I am under your covenant and a pledge to fulfill it to the best of my ability. I seek your protection from the evil that I have done. I acknowledge the favors that you have bestowed upon me and I admit my sins. Forgive me for non-forgiveness sins but you. And I think one thing that I would like to point out is um, a lot of people ask for the Arabic translation transliteration. Mm-hmm. Um and for me it's not important to read it in Arabic. Obviously it's more virtuous because that's the way we've been taught and yes, if you, if you know uh, the Arabic um, then do do that. But if you're not Read the English because mm-hmm. obviously that will really connect uh, connect with us to Allah more because then you understand what you're actually asking for yeah, of course. and then you know um, you can be more sincere in your du'a as well. Any final thoughts, Afwan, on forgiveness? Um, I got one question. <laughs> it's um, if you got friends that regularly like sin continuously, and um, you have an intention of um, helping them. In Toba wise, how could you how could you do that? How could you help them? So, um, there's various ways you can help them. First of all, the sin that they are committing, it will be our duty to help them stop committing those sins. So, our Prophet Muhammad he says, if you see somebody sinning, you stop them with the hand. Again, stopping them with the hand doesn't mean you get physical, you know, don't beat them up, you know, stop them with the hand as as, um, thoughtful and carefully as you can. The second thing is um, you speak with them, you know, speak with them in a nice manner, explain to them what they are doing is wrong and explain to them the harms of that wrong. Because sometimes, you know, like even my friends, they might do something without really thinking about how bad it is, Mm -hmm. you know. 
it's so common to listen to music now isn't it but the people that are listening to music they know it's wrong but they maybe they don't know how why it's wrong yeah. and maybe they don't know the harms of the doing con- that particular thing yeah and the consequences of it so again you know do your research to find out what is the effect of that sin mm-hmm. and then explain that to your friend and if you're not in a position to be able to do that the last the next thing that you do is the very least is make dua for them mm-hmm. yeah make dua for them that allah gives them the ability to stop that sin and um for me as well is that if that's if the sin that your friend is committing it's also a very important that you as a practicing muslim are not involved in that sin mm-hmm. yeah so you can't stop somebody from committing sin if you're actually doing that sin as well with them so it's very important that you are not you yourself are not doing that sin um so then that will then give you the advantage of being in a position to actually help them come out of it because they will see that if you're not doing that sin then there must be something really wrong with it yeah. so they will see you as the role model and then you know that will help them sort of come out of it as well um and also you know um get them into uh, the habit of doing toba and explaining um how toba is beneficial and that you know they can ask for forgiveness from allah so so something that we talked about today is um uh that uh, especially from the story about hazrat washir they don't know that sometimes a person commits sins and they think that oh, i can't ask for forgiveness but yeah. that's just shaitan tricking them mm-hmm. so if you talk to them about toba repentance that actually allah is ready to forgive you and he's just waiting for you to call out and say allah i'm sorry then inshallah you know allah will help you move on does that answer your questions upon yes yeah, no problem um so i think on that note um we are finished for today's session so just want to say jazakallah for our listeners to tuning in um I hope our Ramadan reflection episodes have been beneficial they have been um extremely beneficial for myself um so I just like to say with it being the last few days of Ramadan please remember me and my family in those as well <clears throat> and also obviously um, if anybody does have any suggestions for example the Ramadan reflection series has come to an end but um there's we we have a lot of ideas you know for example mama has ideas of meet the imams get to know your local imam sahibs their stories their journeys of ilm etc etc um but if anyone does have any suggestions just feel free to dm the instagram page um i'm pretty sure we're ha- happy and adaptable to you know suyabon's needs so um inshallah. give us a shout inshallah yeah. assalamu alaikum Thanks.